This is the Date Night Podcast with Amber and Kurt. Welcome back to the Date Night Podcast. I'm Kurt. I'm Amber. Hey, Amber. Hey, Kurt. How are you? Good. How are you? I'm good. Good. I'm looking at you sitting here covered up with a blanket. It's cold outside. It's almost, I think it almost snowed today, but that's just my opinion. You think it almost snowed? It felt like it could have been early snow day today. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes. I feel like there were flakes in the air with the rain in Spain on the plane. <laughs> Keep going. I got, no, I'm out. All right. Well, Amber, let's jump right in. Okay. I want to tell you about a story. You have been <laughs> have been teasing this story like all day. all day. Yep. And I have no idea what you're talking about. So I am I'd afraid that it. I'm going to start talking. You're going to be like, "Oh yeah, I know all about this." I'll try to refrain if I do. Okay. Um, the state of Maine mm-hmm. um, is doing something. They're trying to clean up their streets and clean up their roads. Okay. Like from litter? No. If I said to you that the state of Maine is trying to clean up their roads and it's not litter, what what, what comes to mind? Is, is there any guess you might have? Oil stains? No, good guess. Think a little less literal, a little more metaphorically. Um, crappy cars? You're nearing the answer. Give it one more guess. Um... Uh, dirty cars? You're very close and you don't even know you're close. You're close by words, but you're, you're close with your words, Just but not your me. intention. So, <laughs> the state of Maine, a number of years ago, I wasn't able to find when this happened, but the state of Maine, a number of years ago, um, removed their review process for vanity license plates. Hmm. We, we've both had vanity license plates. <laughs> they removed their review process yes, the, for their there, vanity plates? There was some sort of petition years ago that revolved around free speech. Oh, um, boy. You and I have both had vanity license plates before. Yes. We don't currently, but we have before. Yes. And do you remember the process? You had to, like, give them, like, three options or five options or something, and then they chose one. Yeah, based on availability. But do you yeah. remember in the in the big bold print it said cannot be vulgar? I don't remember all the details. I just remember Well, in most states, such as Illinois, where our vanity plates were, there was a disclaimer that the state had a review process and if they deemed it to be vulgar or obscene, um, they would deny it. And and like it just had to appear vulgar or obscene. Uh-huh, it didn't uh-huh. actually have to be you know, mm-hmm. you could sneak something in and they, they were probably going to catch it. Mm-hmm. Well, Maine, for some reason, a number of years ago, did away with that. So, oh, no. so I'm, looking, I'm looking right now at, at a Google search of vanity license plates in Maine. And they, are, they are awful. Like, Stop. Like, if I had a beep button, I would share them with you. But I cannot, <laughs> I cannot beep it. And they, they are 
They are obscene. Can I can I um, look at a, just a couple of yes. them to understand like yes. what are we talking about? Yes, yes. Scroll down. Um, th- like all manner of curse words, um, all manner. <laughs> all manner of body parts. The I too did one is kind of funny. Yeah, yeah. Some of these, some of the one says fart, fart, uh, uh, fart with an N after it, farting. Some of them are not like. Goodness. Yeah, they're bad. I mean, they're oh, awful. Some of them are so bad. Yeah, like obscene, right? Not just vulgar, obscene, like sexual in nature. Um, oh my goodness. <laughs> I mean. Oh. I mean, bad, right? Thing, whoa, yes. Um, yes, the, these are terrible. <laughs> like things that you're, you, you don't even want your, your little kid who's learning how to read no. reading these license no. plates. They're not subtle. No. No, these are not subtle. Oh, um, my goodness. <laughs> so, so, so this is Maine. So are they implementing a review board now they are and what happens to all these people who have these plates they have issued recalls for the plates Um, Uh oh so so these are being taken off the road that's what i mean they're cleaning up their roads oh my goodness so it turns out um that the idea of this being free speech is not protected um it is not deemed some uh, a free speech issue and most people are realizing that these are not things that are making Maine a better place. <laughs> this oh. is not an exercise of free speech that needs to happen. Oh my goodness. Um, so there's a whole article on this, but that's the long and short of it. Uh, that, that Maine, it used to be the Wild West. I think in the article someone actually uses that phrase, Maine license plates were the Wild Wild West. <laughs> Uh, if, I mean, if what you showed <laughs> me were actual those are plates. real. Those are real plates. Whew. Um, yeah, it was the wild, wild west. Oh my goodness. Um, and but now they are clean. the The recall letters have been sent, and they are hopeful that citizens will. Uh, okay, so so how does that work? They send a recall letter, and what if it's like, no, I'm not giving up my plates. What happens? Um, well, it didn't get into that, but I assume at the end of the, like when it's time to renew, I, I can only assume that the plate would just be no good anymore. Oh. That the state has the power to say, we're not going to issue you a renewal for this, for this plate. Mm. So you can keep the plate, but you're going to be, that's only an assumption. Hmm. Uh, but yes, so... Wow. So families, uh, if you're listening to this with a family and plan to go to Maine anytime soon, maybe maybe be on the lookout. Don't play the license plate game. <laughs> Do not. Uh, you will have no problem finding F words. Uh, wow. You'll have no problem finding the Fs in Maine. <laughs> wow. Or, or, or T's by the look. Can you imagine of... <laughs> being the one? So like people. People have to like hand make these yeah, license plates. People have to make these. Yeah. Can you imagine making these like the people making them, like what is like what is yeah. going on? Or or, or it's I hilarious. I like to imagine you have to pick these up at the county office and the the poor employee that has to hand this over to the person that uses the F's and the T's and <laughs> I mean bad Ooh, like the, these are bad. I, bad. I cannot encourage you to Google this, but. If, if you are 
an, a functioning adult. <laughs> <laughs> Again, I cannot encourage oh you to do that. Goodness, but that is so bad. So anyway, uh, Amber, um, you didn't know that Maine was cleaning up uh, their roads. Um, no, that's not how the line goes. No, it's Let not. Try it again. Amber, <laughs> you didn't know it, but that happened. There you go. Well, let's let's pump the brakes a little bit. <laughs> um, th- I, I that was a really fun story, and I I've been waiting to tell you all day. <laughs> But I'm I, glad you told me. Yeah, and pump the brakes, get it, the car, ah, the license plate. You're so witty. I know. Ugh. If I have to explain it, it's probably it's, not good. No. I want to talk about something that is going to greatly, Jeez. like, drastically shift the tone of how we okay. started. Okay. I want to talk about the idea with you uh, of, of wilderness, of of seasons of life that feel like wilderness. Maybe more specifically, I've, I want to talk about wilderness from a biblical standpoint. Okay. Broadly speaking, um, you know, the Israelites wandered around the, the wilderness for 40 years. Mm-hmm. And that time was probably hard. Not probably hard. <laughs> we have the Old Testament. There, there were ups and downs and there were obedience and disobedience and mm-hmm. um and yet there was a purpose mm-hmm. god was doing something in israel like th- there was mm-hmm. that this was not just hard for hard sake mm-hmm. i think too a little bit of jesus being baptized and then immediately going out into the wilderness mm-hmm. um yeah so i don't completely understand why but i've been reading a lot of things lately not on purpose but this idea of wilderness comes up mm-hmm. a lot and i've been listening to some people that talk about wilderness lately and you know i think just season of life sometimes we talk mm-hmm. about the hardness of moving to a place and the hardness of being in a new place um, do you want to do you want to maybe explain explain a little bit like you you explained a little bit of the old testament wilderness but maybe um give kind of like some some general idea of what you're talking about with wilderness um i think i was headed there okay like a, a season of life that 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 might feel hard or might feel um different than we'd hope or 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 i don't want to say abandoned i I think in 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 our in our experience i don't think we would either i don't think either of us would say we feel like we've been abandoned by god but um but that that certainly could be it could be wilderness yeah 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 wilderness me meaning we're we're in a place maybe we didn't imagine experiencing things maybe we didn't imagine Mm -hmm. and maybe even things we don't want to feel or experience yeah yeah um yeah you know i think yeah i don't know that i want to go too much more into yeah Yeah. is that that's good yeah but i i think what i've been wondering is for, for years for years i would say i would have thought about 
year, a season or experience of wilderness as being negative. Mm-hmm. That, you know, Israel being in the wilderness was bad, would have been considered bad. And seasons of my own life where I experienced something that I didn't want to experience or felt something I didn't want to experience, I would have, I would have thought that as solely negative. Mm-hmm. Something mm-hmm. to be avoided Mm-hmm. Something to be gotten out of as quickly as possible. Right. Yeah. Not not a place with any sort of benefit. Mm-hmm. But I wonder, as I think about the Israelites, as I think about even Jesus after his baptism, and and I wonder about the last three years of our lives mm-hmm. together. Mm-hmm. I wonder if wilderness is actually a super important part of our formation into into who who we are, who God calls us to be, mm-hmm. um, and who, who God intends us to be. Mm-hmm. So maybe the broader question is, can we get to, like, I don't want to say a finish line, or like, can we get to point B? If point B is being formed into the people that God in- intends us to be, mm-hmm. desires us to be most whole, most complete, most connected with God through Jesus, through the uniting of the Holy Spirit, most whole can we be most whole in the eyes of God without seasons of wilderness mm-hmm. can we get there can we get there is the wrong question is it possible without seasons of wilderness or do we need the wilderness to be formed fully I, I is it possible sure sure Sure. Is it the most likely or the most, um, I don't know if I want to say realistic. I would say, I would tend to say no, because in, in those times of sorrow, lament, difficulty, uh, even questioning. Um, yeah, that's good. Like in those times, are the times that that you you start really seeking or really digging into concepts or ideas or um, yeah, you 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 start looking for truth harder, I think. Um, it, and I think that's that's when you start to grow. Um, I, I think about like some of the conversations that you and I have had recently about these, this idea of wilderness of like, Sometimes the hurt or the pain or, um, you know, fill in the, the blank. These times that we go through this wilderness, like going through it isn't something we'd say, yeah, we want to repeat. But it's an, it's kind of this instance of, of showing God, of God showing us like, Hey, I can I can use even the worst parts 
of like really poor decisions or really hurtful times and I can bring make it to bring you closer to me like it's it's this yeah idea of like God can use this really painful thing and we can grow closer to him and and understand him and experience him more yeah, more we, full when you say when you say use the thing say more what you mean like say more what you mean by you using it for what for growth for for experiencing like experiencing some of the like we talk about grace and mercy and we can talk about them and we can read scripture about them but until we can until we've experienced it we may not ever understand like really understand it. and not that not that you experience it once and you fully understand it right but you you have this opportunity of like okay i have experienced this and i can see this in a whole new way and and it draws me closer to to god and and fullness and wholeness because i can like actually relate to grace or mercy or you know yeah this idea was one of the drivers for sitting down and having this conversation is some someone said to me that they are only the person they are today because of a season of wilderness Mm -hmm. and and meaning that their understanding of grace is only what it is because of a season of wilderness and and that made me wonder then like is is that the point of wilderness and 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 is there is there any other way like are and is wilderness a gift on some on some level like i i think you want to be careful I think we want to be careful not to say like, gosh, I just can't wait. Right. I just can't wait to screw up. Right. Or I, I just right. can't wait to make a stupid mistake or I can't wait right. to have a really hard time. Or or even to say to, to someone who is going through wilderness right. to say, oh, well, this is so great. Like, no, that it it still hurts. There's still pain. There's still like... And maybe that's the core. Maybe the core is we're just so trained culturally to say pain is bad. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And and not that pain is great. <laughs> See again, like I don't want to, I don't want to portray like, gosh, I can't wait for pain. Right. But what what if, what if it's doing something in us that that nothing else can do? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I guess that's my wondering. Mm-hmm. A, a wise friend of mine in a faith walking call once who 
was not my faith walking coach, but was a coach mm-hmm. on a Zoom, um, who's also a colleague of mine, a fellow pastor in this area. He said once um, that if if we believe that the Holy Spirit goes ahead of us, behind us, with us, into every situation, mm-hmm. good or bad, mm-hmm. then is not every situation a new opportunity to experience Jesus afresh. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that ties into the wilderness discussion too. Mm-hmm. If, if wilderness is a way that we experience Jesus, is, is there a replacement for wilderness? Right. I guess that's, you know, the, mm-hmm. as a Western American Christian who tries to avoid pain, I guess that's the question I wrestle with is, I, th- I think we want there to be an alternative. Mm-hmm. Is there a way to be formed without pain or without wilderness? Mm-hmm. What do you think? Again, is it possible? Yes. Is it the best scenario or the most likely? I would say no. I think... I think of the times that I have gone through wilderness and and those are the times where I have felt a I have I have experienced how you how you were I have experienced Jesus in in in, in ways a, afresh in ways afresh like there are just certain experiences that I don't know I would have ever understood or or experienced without the wilderness. Um, it didn't make it easier going right. through. I Again, looking back, I can really see the the forming and the shaping in the in the time of the wilderness i don't i can't say i felt it or noticed it or saw it right right but coming kind of out of it and looking back on it is when i i have noticed it yeah yeah and gone okay you know yeah i mean we keep saying like we don't like it. And you, you just said it didn't make it any easier. I, I just can't help but think of how ingrained it is to think if something's good, it has to be easy. Mm-hmm. Or if something's good for us, it has to be enjoyable. Uh, enjoyable. Mm-hmm. Or if something's good for us, it can't involve pain. I, mm-hmm. I wonder if the key to all of that it then is lament. No, I think there's part of it sure like i wonder if this is i wonder if this is what we miss sorry i'm totally processing out loud yeah i I wonder if so it's one thing to say okay we have this mental model that we avoid pain and we have this mental model that we think that good things are good for good things are easy and bad things are hard I wonder what it would do to our our being in wilderness if if we understood how to lament, which, which 
I know you and I have talked about lament, but if, if somebody's listening and doesn't understand lament, lament is honestly like saying to God, God, why is this either personally, why is this wilderness something that I'm in or even corporately, like why, <laughs> why is Jesus not come yet? Right. Or mm-hmm. why is oppression a thing? Why is, uh, you know, why is there injustice around it? Like mm-hmm. crying out to God, not not saying God make this easy, mm-hmm. God, God, why is this happening? Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. like, is that the missing link? I think that's definitely part of it. I think for, for so long, my experience has been like, you can't question. You can't, if you have... You can't question because if you're questioning anything, that means you're doubting. And if you're doubting, then you're not believing. And if you're not believing, then you're not a believer and you're off the path and you're, you're lost. And, and I've had to kind of change my mindset of saying, no, that that's not necessarily true. Is that true sometimes? Sure. Absolutely. Um, but I think there are times where it's hard and things happen that you're just like, I don't, I don't understand this. And if, if, if we think that we have to handle all of these situations on our own and we can never say, God, this is hard. God, I, I'm, I don't understand. Like, if, if we say that, well, you can't bring those to God, then, then we're almost, we're missing a whole element of God. And we're saying, well, that just doesn't, that's just not a thing. Right. And, and we're missing a whole element and piece of it, you know. So then in that case, then wilderness is not a place where we can say, I don't understand this. Wilderness is the place that we just have to get out of now. Yeah. We have, in in some ways, I think there was a time where it was, you have to just try harder and believe harder. That you must be doing something wrong. You, yeah. That I myself must be doing something wrong. And I just need to believe more, believe harder, or just, you know, the, the quippy, let's just have faith. Like, yeah. or, or, you know, or, or the like, oh, well, this must be good. Right. I, I must understand this wrong. There, there. Yeah. The, the, it can't be as bad as I think it is. I must be mm-hmm. when actually it might actually be real bad. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which then like trying to get out of wilderness, that's us trying to get out maybe at the expense, maybe at the cost Mm-hmm. A formation, mm-hmm. and I guess when I say formation, I, I mean at its core, like experiencing Jesus mm-hmm. in a way that transforms. Mm-hmm. Not that we're doing the forming, but the forming right. is happening right. in us. Right, right. And and that's also not to say, oh, you're going through a hard time. Be happy. 
right? Like, right. be happy because Jesus is forming you. That's like, a great point. That's like, a great point. Yeah, he he is going to, and and that that doesn't mean you have to plaster a smile on your face and just grin and bear it. Like, yeah, it's okay to say, I don't I don't get it, and this hurts, and this is hard, and you know. You you don't have to try to bury it and act like it's not happening or pretend it doesn't exist because like that's not right. So this is where lament comes in, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. You you just named lament Mm -hmm. because I think we've been we've been around folks in our life that would say we've been around people in our life that would say, you know exactly what you just said Mm -hmm. if it's happening to you it must be it must be for for good and usually what for good means is well in the end you're going to come out on top Mm -hmm. and maybe that's not true Mm -hmm. i mean i think scripture would show us (laughs) i think the new testament and the early church would show us that that probably isn't always the case. Right. It might be. It might be, but that's not necessarily. Right. Mm-hmm. And I think one thing I want to say too is to piggyback on what you said, not to smile through it. There, we should we should name. There are situations that are like wilderness that God allows us to be in, and then there's like human-made oppression. <laughs> yeah. You know, we we have a we have a I have a colleague who serves families that deal with domestic abuse. That's different. The the that's not a sit in an abusive relationship while God forms you. Right. But the right. entire life season would be considered. Yeah. A wilderness yeah. that might form. Yeah. Not that God intends those those acts of violence or or oppression to. Yes. So I maybe we just need to make that clear. Yes. Because the church has done that too, where the church has said, "Well, just God's in God's charge. You. Yeah. God's, yeah. God's for you, and God's doing something. Just stay put mm-hmm. in this mm-hmm. toxic thing. That's not that's not what we're saying right. with wilderness. Right. Right. That's not. Yeah. Yeah, which is funny because that kind of falls in line with um, the, the Sunday school class that I teach the middle schoolers. The the verse in, uh, I believe it's James, where he's like, you know, we're talking in the context of good works versus um, faith and that type of stuff. But they're like, you know, what good does it do if you see someone in need and you say, oh, may God bless you. And you just walk away and you don't do anything with for their need. Like, it's that same thing. Like, oh, well, just you know, it'll be fine and just walk away and, you know, don't, yeah, don't actually go in the hard. Yeah. Yeah. So this makes me think too, we got a, we saw a, well, so we and a couple friends of ours have a book of liturgies. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you don't know what a liturgy is, a liturgy is like a like a repetitive sort of prayer for a given situation and, and mm-hmm. a group of 
um, a group of writers have written these liturgies for different situations. It, it's a book called Every Moment Holy. It's amazing. If you mm -hmm. don't know it, you mm -hmm. should know mm -hmm. it. Um, but we saw this liturgy the other day. It was a liturgy for the morning of a medical procedure. Is that? But what was the line? Something like whether the outcome of this procedure is positive or negative, may I remember that nothing eternal has changed. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Something to that something, effect. Yeah, something to that effect. And you and I both found that really striking. Mm -hmm. And I wonder how that speaks to wilderness. That no matter, no matter what happens to 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 to, to me to us in a season of hard, mm -hmm. nothing eternal ha has changed. Our, well, that God hasn't changed, but also our hope in right. in resurrection and our hope in completion of the kingdom like none of that changes right, right. I, I don't know is there is there a tie there or am I making a stretch no I think I think there is a tie I I think um I think it's just very I think we have to be very aware of when we aren't the one in the wilderness but we witness oh. someone else going through the wilderness mm -hmm. to be aware of what our response is telling them. Like, are, are we saying, well, hey, like, it's no big deal because, right. Right. you know, nothing eternal has changed. So, so what? You have this diagnosis, like, you know, so I think... Well, how how do you, okay, so, I mean, I agree with your tone, right? I agree, yeah. I agree with the, I think the intent of what you're saying is have empathy, sit, sit in the wilderness with sit people. Sit in the wilderness, yeah, yeah, yeah. But then, so how, how, how do we, how, how do I communicate that to you? And like, does that, does that make sense? Because it mm -hmm. is true. Yeah. Like if, if you, my wife receive a diagnosis tomorrow just to be clear you're not going yeah. to this this is not a low-key no, way no, of no, saying no. something happened no but if you got a, a, a negative diagnosis tomorrow i or if i did i i want you to remind me of those things mm -hmm. and i think i think reminding uh reminding is good i think we need an awareness of our approach and are we just coming in saying we have the answer you know like our our motivation yeah yeah, yeah. you know all of that yeah. comes in um you know i i think i've been thinking a lot about job and you know there's a lot of a lot of discussions about job's friends now they were maybe a little off on their their uh, speeches that they give throughout Job. But at the beginning of Job, they do get it right, where they come and they're like, he's having a hard time. We don't necessarily get it, but we're just sitting here with him. Like, we're just going to sit with him. And I, th I think for me, that's that's been something like I need to work on because I, I have found myself sometimes being the, 
the quick, oh, well, you know, just remember nothing eternal has changed. But I'm, I'm saying it more flippantly or more like, oh, it'll be fine. Like, right. does it, you know, yeah. does that make sense? Like, yeah. I think what you're naming is that response is more about you yeah. than the person in the wilderness. Yes. I, yes. I think there are ways of yeah. saying the same thing, but for a different reason. Yes. Yeah. That's a good way to say it. Right. Yeah. If, if, if I, so the, the idea is right, that, that we, we need to do our own work so that we can sit with people in wilderness mm-hmm. or like Brene Brown would talk about empathy, like sitting in the hole. Like if, 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 if people are in a, stuck in a hole, mm-hmm. <clears throat> empathy is sitting in the hole with them. Mm-hmm. Not not trying to tell them how great the hole is, right? Um, yeah. Oftentimes, our responses are to make to make us feel more comfortable, right? So we don't have to feel. So that we don't have to yeah. feel it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So so if we're saying, hey, nothing eternal has changed, so that we don't have to feel the the sorrow or the wilderness or the pain. Like like if we can remove that, like often that's what we do. Mm-hmm. But but I mm-hmm. I. I I think there's probably a way to examine ourselves and, and say, and I think then you know when the, you notice when the time is right. Yes. <laughs> right. 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 Yes. Yes. For sure. Agreed. Yeah. 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 I, there's a time. Yeah. No, you're right. You're right. But I think the, hey, who am I saying this for mm-hmm. makes a difference. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The intention behind the words. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because, I mean, let's be real. Some of the hardest moments of life, some of the hardest moments pastorally is to sit in a room with people that are struggling and, and not speak. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. I don't know if, if you would echo that from your own life, but some of the hardest moments are like, I don't know what to say and I can't make this better. I want to make it better, but I, I, want, I can't. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, we, we had some friends that went through some hard times before we had kids and mm-hmm. you just want to say something and the hardest thing is to not say mm-hmm. anything mm-hmm. because you want to, we want to say something often for us. Right. To take it away, to take away the hurt, the pain, the, the hard. But then even the question is like, let's say we could take it away. Like, <laughs> Again, I don't want to be flippant, but is—is is there? Would it be at the cost of something? Right, right. Like, is there a time? Is there a, a a time where like not saying something is actually allowing the Holy Spirit to form? Mm-hmm. Here's the question, I guess. Here, here's why I'm wrestling with this. Mm-hmm. I. I think what we might name as wilderness of like being in a new place and mm-hmm. having just some hard transitions and mm-hmm. and all of that stuff, mm-hmm. it, it it is pretty pretty minor in terms of like actual impact and implications, right? Mm-hmm. Like there, we we're not facing any physical harm, right, <laughs> or right. diagnoses, but 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 I think I find myself wondering like what what is what is there what am i supposed to take what am i supposed to how am i being formed and how do i not miss it 
if if scripturally wilderness is a time of forming Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. how do i or how do we not miss the forming Mm. how do we not try to get out faster than 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 is most fully beneficial Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. And I don't know if there's really an answer on that. No. Yeah. No. There's not an answer to that. <sighs> Come Lord Jesus. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was... You weren't with me, but I was at a, a pastor's lunch uh, with a guy named Todd Billings. Mm-hmm who's written a number of books. He's a professor at Western. One of the books that he wrote is called The End of the Christian Life. And he, he has terminal cancer. Um, does not know how many years he's got left, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. He talked a lot at this luncheon about the idea of, you know, when, when people pray for him, Mm-hmm. Or when people pray, f- when when other pastors pray, like when we pastors pray for people that have medical diagnoses that are not, that, that, that are terminal or whatever the case is. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He, he said, what if the prayer wasn't for healing? What if the prayer was for character building and spiritual formation? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and I think that, that really causes me to wonder what what to pray for in times of seed or in in mm-hmm. times of mm-hmm. hard and, and in times of wilderness. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you you had had told me that previously, and and in thinking about that, like that's a whole like <laughs> to use the the cliche terms the a paradigm shift right like yeah like to to step back and and say like hey let's let's not make this about us let's make it about about transformation and wholeness yeah yeah and that yeah it's a it's a it's a shift. Yeah. And really, like, it's it's really it's a it's a biblical point too, right? Like, like if you look at the the wilderness that Jesus purposefully went into, yeah, you know, like that the things that he he went through there, and and then you even look at. Um, you know his his prayer in the Garden of Gethsemane. Yeah, he's saying, absolutely. you know, like, yeah, God, I, I want this. Take this cup from me. But but if not, but if not, yeah, right, like, yeah. So you know, I I think even biblically that response of like, yeah, of shifting from just take it all away to wholeness and. And um, connection into yeah into a fuller relationship yeah and and Todd Billings wouldn't say he he didn't say 
I really thank God for my cancer. Right. Right. Like right. that, that wasn't it. Just like what you just said. I mean, just like Jesus didn't say, you know, God, thanks so much for. Right. In the garden, Jesus didn't say, thanks so much for. Yeah. For allowing me to do this. Yeah. 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 And at the same time, like the, the, how do, how do we seek the formation even if it means we don't come out of the wilderness just yet. Because mm-hmm. we know ultimately, like, this is, I mean, I said it earlier, like, hope of resurrection, right? Like, mm-hmm. yeah. I don't know. I maybe don't want to say much more because I don't want to be too flippant, but yeah, this feels pretty hard to talk about and wonder about. Mm-hmm. I think I just feel this sense, I think I feel in me a strong desire at times to avoid... Mm-hmm. avoid wilderness mm-hmm. and I think there's been enough times where I've read or well, I, I mean the one book I read uh, that I shared a couple podcasts ago about mm-hmm. you know the gray zones and being formed in the hardest times like I think I found myself realizing how much I want to avoid those things mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but if you look all throughout scripture time and time and time and time again it's not not if you go through hard times it's when right right when you go through the wilderness yeah if yeah so yeah jesus says in the gospel of john you'll you will have trouble Mm -hmm. just just like i had trouble you will also have trouble Mm -hmm. which again like right god the triune god is not a god who's who's unfamiliar right with wilderness right right yeah yeah Yeah, i just read in isaiah today um it's one of my favorite uh chapters in the whole bible isaiah 43 it's it's when you go through yeah the waters you won't be overwhelmed but like when you go through the fire you won't be burned but it's not you're not going to go through. It's not. You just won't go through the fire. Yeah. But you're yeah. going to go through it. But. <laughs> yeah. You know. Yeah. When I when I worked in a factory, mm-hmm. there were procedures for emergencies. Mm-hmm. So. There was a procedure if the plant lost power. Mm-hmm. So you know this, but the listeners might not. The process was 24 7 mm-hmm. never stopped could not stop mm-hmm. um there was a procedure in place if we were to lose power mm-hmm. um well one day we did mm-hmm. and guess what no one really knew what to do mm-hmm. but <laughs> after but we could have done it again or the engineers or the people like everyone had a role but no one knew how to do it because we'd never actually done it. Mm-hmm. Like that, that makes me wonder. I mean, th- there's, there's only certain things. So everything in that plant, y- y- there's just some things you won't know until you have to do it. Mm-hmm. And you learn it the hard way. Mm-hmm. Ah, I don't like that analogy. But, but I like the analogy of, of you know, there's, there's things we think we know, 
there's things we think we understand, but but without actually going through the emergency. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know if yeah, the analogy it's, it's, works. That yeah. falls apart. Yeah, well, yeah, they're all going to. But, yeah, the idea of, like, you can you can read all about God's grace. But until you've actually experienced God's grace, it's it's very different. Right? Like... So I can I can know it and I can regurgitate it, but until I've experienced it and gone through something that has opened me up to actually experiencing it, it's 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 a it's like a it's like a a one d one dimensional right. thing, but you go through it and it's like oh it, like this is a full body experience, you know it's not just a a pencil painting on the wall. It's a yeah, yeah. Full experience. Well, maybe that's where we leave that. Mm-hmm. That it's my hope. I think it's our hope that we would have the courage to feel the things, mm-hmm. to walk in the places, and to not try to claw our way out before the formation happens. Mm-hmm. Embrace lament. Embrace lament. Yeah. And understanding, like, God can handle it. Y- yeah. And, and, you know, all the... Oh, sorry, I just said we're going to... But, but I think that's it. Like, the church, I think, often kind of proof texts with, you know, if God is for me, who can be against me? Uh, all things work mm-hmm. together for our good. We sometimes proof text that to to disprove or or to to take the edge off wilderness mm-hmm. when when in actuality like those those things might might mean uh, those things aren't speaking to wilderness at all mm-hmm. like if God uses wilderness to form us that is for our good mm-hmm. it, again that doesn't mean feels good or we like it again I don't want to be I don't want to be flippant right right I feel like I'm being flippant but 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 I, I don't I don't think that's what those mean right so right. I, when you say trust I think the trust is like trust in the hope of the resurrection trust in the the hope that the victory's won trust in the coming kingdom mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. let's stop there okay okay well thanks for processing yeah. that yeah. Amber, I have one last question for you. Okay. What's your reading? <laughs> um, so I finished since our previous ep- since our last episode, I have finished two books. And I overachiever. Well, and I don't remember if I said this one the last time, mm-hmm. but I wanted to make sure I mentioned it in case I didn't. Okay. Um, it's called Black Indians by William William Lauren Katz. Um, but it's looking it. I found this book because it was on a banned books list. <laughs> Is that how you get your recommendations? <laughs> That's how I found it. Um, 
Yes, that's right. Huh. What are the most controversial <laughs> books I can read? <laughs> um, this is a book written um, in the in the 80s, but it's it's um, it was written about the um, like the colonization of the West um, and 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 the dynamic that the Africans that were shipped over, how they interacted with the Native Americans that were here, and then their how their interaction um, also how that influenced the interaction with the colonizers that came over and the white man and so it, it's a very interesting a very interesting piece of history that is often I think overlooked or just ignored um, yeah it there was just it's some very mind-boggling um, things that happened um, and how how the Native Americans were treated how the Indian uh, the the um, African Americans that came over were treated and then how when the two those two groups came together then they formed like this third group and people didn't know what to do with them and so like it, they, they were treated horribly and yeah so just super interesting um uh, super like very historical type book um so yeah that's one i just wanted to give that one a mention that was more than a mention i know it was that's okay that's a good mention you yeah. you shared some things out of the book when you were reading it, it sounds pretty yeah. uh, pretty eye-opening yeah yeah it was definitely eye-opening because it, it it talked about how some of the um the families that were fleeing the slave situation um they would flee to the native american tribes mm. and they welcomed them in and, and like this whole concept of like then the <clears throat> the european people that were trying to take over were like trying to tell the Af or the native americans that they needed to treat the african americans as slaves and so like some tribes said absolutely not we will not do that some would do it but they wouldn't treat the slaves as the white man treated slaves and that angered the white like ew, it's just bonkersville like the way the way they were treated is horrible yeah yeah but so um do you have another one i do but i can I can use that one another time. Yeah, why don't you use that another, another time? So then the <laughs> next time when you come in, you say, I read four books this time. <laughs> Maybe I'll have something else. Go ahead. Kurt, what you reading? <laughs> <laughs> You're Jeez. just sitting there looking at I me. I know, I'm just waiting. <laughs> like, how many times have we done this? Um, thanks for asking, Amber. Um, I, I, again, feel like I'm kind of slacking on my reading. Um, I listened to a book, yeah, a fiction book. By, I mean, I listened to the 
to this book as well because you can't find it in any library. Oh, I didn't realize you listened to it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, we it's should do an episode on banned books. Ooh. Yes. Put that on the list. Maybe we'll do that next time because we were just out of Barnes and Noble and they had like a banned book table and Mm -hmm. some of them were ridiculous. Yes. Ridiculous. Like classics. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. um, Stay tuned. (laughs) Teaser. (laughs) Um, So I listened to a book called um, State of Fear by Michael Crichton. Am I saying his last name right? I think. Crichton? I don't know. I like That's how I who, always say it, but I don't know if that's... Like the guy who wrote Jurassic Park? Um, yeah. I listened to this because, uh, well, I don't know why what I was going to say there, but I listened to it because it's been easier for me to listen than to read lately, just with some stuff going on. I've had some car time. So um, it was really good. Fiction. Um, like I have no, um, no profound thing to say about it other than that it it was a good fiction read. It's about, uh, like eco terrorists that are trying to falsify climate change and like create global environmental like situations to sort of benefit themselves and they'll profit from it. And, you know, it's, it's really good. What was it called? State of fear. State of fear. I haven't been able to find that one. I want to need to add that to my list. Yeah, it's pretty good. Um, it's a fun. It's a fun. I, I I didn't. I'd never read anything Michael Crichton until um, Jurassic Park, mm-hmm. and then we we've been trying out this new reading app. It's not very good, so I'm not going to say the name. Mm-hmm. I, no, that's not fair. I don't prefer it, so mm-hmm. I'm not going to plug it. Mm-hmm. Um, but there is a ton of Michael Crichton books for free mm-hmm. so I've I just started I started a new one today mm-hmm. um, look at me fanboy <laughs> but anyway yeah. that's it awesome what, do you, what else do you want to say that's all I got closing thoughts that's all I got alright until next time Amber until next time The Date Night Podcast was written and presented by Amber and Kurt. Produced by Kurt and Amber. Intro music and interlude selected by Amber and Kurt. Editing by Kurt and Amber. Logo and thumbnail created by Amber and Kurt. Research and fact-checking done by Kurt and Amber. This has been a production of Amber and Kurt.